We read a, a little while ago, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. We need to understand that when we read about wisdom in the Bible, it's talking about God's truth for you. Wisdom is God's truth for you in the Bible. Now, there's other kinds of wisdom outside of the Bible. And the book of James talks about the wisdom that is from beneath, earthly wisdom. And uh, their earthly wisdom has its value, but it does not compare with heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom, God's wisdom, the wisdom spoken to us of in the Bible. Boy, that was poorly worded. The wisdom given us in the Bible is God's truth for you. If you and I could ever learn to see things as God sees them, we would find the solution to every problem, no exceptions. Wisdom is God's truth for you. So in Proverbs 1, when wisdom speaks, and it speaks to us, wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. Now time out, you say, why is wisdom a female here? Now all the women, you think you know the answer to that, but it's not what you're thinking, all right? I believe that wisdom is presented in the book of Proverbs as a female because there's another woman that's also presented in the book of Proverbs, and that's somebody called the strange woman. The strange woman, man, is any woman except the woman that God has for you to marry. The strange woman can even be a very good lady. But because you've let her creep into your heart and your mind, she has become the strange woman. Listen, I didn't intend to go down this road, but we're here, so let's, let's at least look down the road. Affairs don't begin in motel rooms. Affairs begin with the emotions in your heart. Don't just guard against the end of the road, the dead end of the road. Guard against that first time that some other woman, some woman besides your wife where you have that thought, man, I like being around her. Bang. Big, big danger sign right there. But the strange woman is any woman besides the woman that God has for you to marry. So contrasted with that in the book of Proverbs is wisdom. God's woman, if you will, God's truth for you. And let me say to you young men who are not married, if you will pursue wisdom as your sweetheart, God will guide you to that woman that he has prepared for you. That's my opinion for why wisdom is presented as a female in the book of Proverbs. But let's keep moving here. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. That's where everybody, everybody travels. Everybody's the marketplace. In the openings of the gates, in the city, she uttereth her words. So wisdom, God's wisdom, God's work, word, uh, truth, 
is everywhere screaming at all of us. And what is she saying? How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? Let me stop and talk about the simple for just a second. There are three groups in the book of Proverbs. The wise, the foolish, and the simple. The wise are those who have embraced God's truth. The the foolish are those who have rejected God's truth. The simple are those who haven't made up their minds yet. So understand that. Let's keep reading. How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. So God's truth is preaching to the simple. Turn at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. So God's truth has a spirit and God's truth has words. Because I, God's truth, have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity I will mock when your fear cometh. So wisdom is God's truth for you. And as we saw, as we read down through those verses, God is continually putting his truth in front of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. I don't care where you live, how you live. God is continually putting his truth in front of you. Did you see it this week? Were you watching for it? Oh, I don't mean because it was a special meetings here. I'm talking about, did you see it at work? He's putting his truth in front of you. If you're trying to run away from God, he loves you. You're his child. He's not going to let you. He's putting his truth in front of you. And by the way, wise is the Christian who will let himself be rebuked by the truth of God when God puts his truth in front of you. But sadly... Two people can see the same exact events. And one can see that event and say, wow, God put that in my path to wake me up. And the other person can put that in the path. That ain't got nothing to do with God. I'm talking about Christian people. That ain't got nothing to do with God. That's just coincidence. That's, her. that's just, that's just uh, people trying to get on my back again. Two different people seeing the same events, and one sees, wow, praise the Lord. He's chasing me. He's he's, he's making sure I don't get off course. And the other person, it just drives them deeper and deeper into bitterness. But God keeps putting his truth out there constantly. Now, this week, and I decided I don't necessarily do this. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever done this. On Sunday is part of the message after a week of meetings. We've had uh, uh, special meetings, a week of meetings, every year since 2002, uh, right about this time of year. So this is our 16th year to do that. Most of the time, the following week, we just sort of move forward. And we take, I make application and a little bit. But this year, just because God took us on such a progression of truth, and God just, just this, there was something 
special. You know, the only person who's been to every one of our camp meetings, I'm an outside guest, the only two people that have, one is Brother Jenkins and the other is, is uh, Brother Hayes. So Thursday in the car, I said, uh, Brother Hayes, you've been to every one of our camp meetings. Just tell me how you would describe this year. He said, there's very, definitely something very special about this week. He said, just a, a sweet spirit, just a, a peace. He said, I, I don't even know how to describe it except just to say, very special. Let me walk you through it. Look, not as a review. For one reason, I want to walk us through what we've heard. And that is because God put his truth before us this week. I want to give you a chance to maybe get some seconds, all right? For those of you that that had it the first time, enjoy it again. For those of you that weren't here, I beg you to let this whet your appetite this morning. There's no substitute for having been here. And there's nothing I hate worse, and probably you too, than than when it comes to events that uh, somebody tells me, oh, you should have been there. Well, I wasn't, so there's nothing we can do about it now. So I'm not trying to do that to you this morning. There's no substitute, however, for having been here, but... If you would go to our church website or the podcast of our services, you'll see all those messages up there. And even though it's not the same as having been here, I can just about assure you it'll bless your heart. But let's walk back through it again. If you were here, try to relive the service you were in. Try to take this in. Try to take this in with a, with a, a spirit that welcomes the word of God. Would you do that? First of all, last Sunday morning, Pastor Clark stood right here. He spoke from 2 Corinthians 5.17 on where is the evidence. Here's what he said. There ought to be some evidence that the Holy Spirit is living inside you. He said man can reform, but only God transforms. He said when you lose your testimony, you lose your influence. Pastor Clark said, acting like the world and talking like the world and living like the world doesn't win the world. And then he said, the world has a right to expect more of Christians. He said this, if people know that you know God, they're watching you. And one of the very last statements he made before he went to prayer, in fact, it was time for me to come up to a platform. I was still writing He said, a disciple is a person who's learning to be what the master already is. Oh, that's good. We came to Monday night. I preached Sunday night and just gave some thoughts. I talked Sunday night about, uh, we talk about, boy, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do this week. And I love that. I say that and other people said it to me and do say it to me. What do we mean? And I gave Sunday night about 25 different examples of things that God does. And it's not, you know, earthquakes and the clouds open up and the fire falls. That's No, the things we see God do and things we saw God do this week are, man, I got a problem and bang, God gave me the solution. God gave me understanding for why this is happening in my life. God gave me an opportunity 
to impact people for Christ. And I gave about 25 of those things that God does when we uh, mark off a place and invest in it and say, now I'm going to come and listen to God speak this week through his word. So Monday night, Brother Jenkins preached first. He preached from Psalm 133. We gave away to, uh, in fact, we have some more. We actually need to, we're going to sell the, the remainders. To, to as, so if you'd like to, it's a donation slash purchase, all right? You know, just like, just like those, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but the old-time TV preachers used to do that. You know, for, you can buy your copy of this cassette tape for $45. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's a purchase slash donation. And uh, so anyway, if we sell the remainders of what we, uh, of, of what we uh, gave away, we can pay for the whole box. And it wasn't a whole lot. But what they are is the Ancient Baptist Journal. And the Ancient Baptist Journal is, uh, it comes out four times a year, something you'd subscribe to. But this particular, the recent edition, is about New England Baptists. And so we gave every pastor that came this week, including the guest preachers, we gave them a copy of this uh, Ancient Baptist Journal focusing on the New England Baptists. Here's why I brought that up. And I didn't know this. I hadn't read it yet. To be honest, I'd read parts of it, but I hadn't read the whole thing. And Brother Jenkins hadn't gotten one yet. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing that when you hear, you say, "Oh yeah, he knew," uh, but there's no way he could have known. Brother Jenkins preached Monday night first message from Psalm 133, verses one through three. That's the whole psalm. Pretty remote psalm. It's not, you know, Psalm 23. It's not Psalm 1. It's, it's not, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. But the, I think it's the, sec, it's the second or third, because I know it's not the first. Second or third verse of the, of the uh, chapter of the psalm talks about the dew of Hermon running down the beard of Aaron, which sounds nasty, but the dew of Hermon running down the beard of Aaron. That was his text on Wednesday night, as you'll find out in a second, that do represent the, the anointing oil, the ointment, is, is representative of the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'll get to that in a second. But in that book that we gave away Monday night, there is a chapter on the do of Hermon. There's a message preached on the do of Hermon. Brother Wilkerson, when he got in the van Tuesday morning to go where we were going Tuesday, pointed that out immediately. Did you know in that book you handed out last night, there was a, a message on the same text that Brother Jenkins preached from. Well, Brother Jenkins got in the van, and they had already talked about that over, over breakfast. And then I get a text from Pastor Bish. Uh, Brother Joe, do you know in the book that you passed out last night, there is a chapter, a message uh, about the dew of Hermon from Psalm 133. God just, just did that. One of the things that God does to let you know that, that he's, he's pulling all this together. Anyway, Brother Jenkins said in his message, God cannot solve. I'm sorry, back that up. Got that totally wrong. You cannot solve your own pride problem. God has to do it for you. And he does it. You're not going to like this. He does it by embarrassing you. Yeesh. If you say, God, i got a pride problem, please fix it for me, there's going to be some embarrassing moments coming because that's how God does it. In his message, he said, the reason that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit 
is to overwhelm and overtake the stench of our flesh. He said, all that drama means is that somebody's not humble. Then he closed the message by asking three questions. Number one, when was the first time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Secondly, are you filled with the Holy Spirit right now? And thirdly, if you're not, why are you okay with that? Next Monday night, Brother Wilkerson got up. Now, by the way, we're not doing review here. If you think we're doing review, you're going to go to sleep. I'm showing you some stuff that God put out there in front of us this week. Wisdom uttereth her voice in the streets. How long, simple ones, will you love simplicity and scorners and fools hate knowledge? Wisdom, God is constantly putting his truth before me and before you. Are you getting it? Are you watching for it? Are you taking it in? Are you letting it help you and change you? So I'm simply revisiting some of the truth that God laid out before us this week. Brother Wilkerson said, one of the first things he said when he began, you'll never find a healthy sheep alone in the wilderness. Healthy sheep are always in a flock. And he preached on things that will happen if you will finish your course. I'm sorry, things that will help you. I'm reading my own handwriting here. So things that will help you finish your course with joy. He made this statement in the process. The happiest people I have ever met in my life are the people who are not fighting with God. He said, be steadfast in your biblical position. He said, don't get bored with the basics. He said, the key to effective praying often lies with the righteousness of the prayer. He said, be passionate about Jesus. Be passionate about your family. Be passionate about your church family. He said, every one of us ought to say, I'm going to take somebody else's spiritual growth as my personal responsibility. And then he gave an illustration. And if somebody next to you is sleeping, sleeping, give them a poke and wake them up because they need to hear this and then they go back to sleep, all right? He was talking about thinking that because heaven is so wonderful that all we got to do is get there and it's going to be great. He said, that's not true. (gasps) Here's how he illustrated it. Now, you can't base your beliefs on an illustration. It's true because, you know, Pastor Wilkinson told that story. Illustrations just give you understanding. You base your belief on the fact that the Bible said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's what you base your beliefs on. But the story illustrates it. He said, I went to Disneyland two different times. He said, the first time I went to Disneyland, somebody had told me that all you do is pay at the gate. And once you get inside, everything's free. He said, now, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know that that's partially true, but it's not totally true. He said, so I saved up all this money for my family just to get into the gate. And I thought, hey, they say this is the happiest place on earth. Once you get into the happiest place on earth, once you get in, it's going to be great. 
He said, I walked in with $3 in my pocket. My whole family all day at Disneyland, and I had $3 to take care of them with. And I found out quickly that you can ride the rides once you get in, but no food, nothing to drink, certainly no souvenirs. He said, so the next time I went to Disneyland, he said, I saved up enough to get in the gate, and I also saved up a thousand extra dollars. He said, and we had a blast. He said, everything my family wanted, I had the money to pay for it. I think he figured out the application. He said, there's a whole lot of Christians who think, we're going to the happiest place in the universe, and all I got to do is get there, and it's going to be party time. But if you haven't laid up any treasures in heaven, it's not going to be as wonderful as you think it is. Now, look, anything's better than hell, yes. But just because we're going to the happiest place in the universe, don't think that there's no extreme great benefit to laying up treasures. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Tuesday was an amazing day. One of my favorite places in the whole world, one of my favorite spots in the whole world, is Garrison Landing on the Hudson River. It's directly across from West Point. We'll have to take a trip there sometime. We've, we did it years ago, but we haven't done it as a church in a while. You could find it yourself, but there's a beautiful little park there. The park itself, I was about to say it's not as big as this room, but it does go off this way. But, but really, this little part that juts out into the Hudson River is only about as big as the auditorium here. It's got a gazebo in the middle. It's got beautiful weeping willow trees. There's, there's benches, and you're sitting there, and you're looking at the majestic West Point across the river. It's unbelievable. If you ever, if you ever just want a great picnic, now I warn you, it's, it's lacking one thing, and that is bathrooms, all right? So be, be aware of that. But if you ever just want a wonderful, wonderful day, uh, picnic, Search Garrison Landing, and uh, or just just ask the Chris; they'll take you there. That's it's right down the street from their house. But um, beautiful. So we went there on Tuesday. We had a picnic there, and just a little slice of heaven. It said it was supposed to be thunder showers, but that didn't happen till till later. While we were there, the weather was just absolutely perfect. And I asked Brother Jenkins to speak to us, just give us a short devotional out there, and. He spoke to us on what, it, what greatness really means. He gave us some thoughts, but here's one of the things he said. He said, greatness is traceable only when it is tested by time. Brother Wilkinson preached Tuesday night. He said, soul winning is much more a passion than it is a methodology. He said, you're never going to grow spiritually until you separate from this world. He said, when some people walk into the room... We're glad. He said, when some people walk out of the room, we're glad. The difference between the two is their spirit. He said, that better not be me. No, uh uh-uh. Okay. Um, He said, in this life, God's goal for me is that I would be like Jesus Christ. And then here's what I thought would be the statement of the week. He said, take off your bib 
and put on an apron. He said, these people who go around and say, I'm, just, I'm not getting fed. He said, you're a baby Christian. Take off your bib, put on a, a, an apron, get busy for God. And then he said, find someone else to feed and you'll start learning something. Brother Jenkins preached what I, what was just an amazing message Tuesday night. He said, God shows up after people mess up. He said, if a man's relationship with God isn't right, nothing else goes right in his life. He said, everyone in some point in your life will come to the place where all of your hopes and dreams are shattered. And then he made an amazing, amazing statement. Failure is an event. It is never a person. That's worth writing down right there. If you think, yeah, I'm a failure. No, failure is never a person. It is always an event. He said, God doesn't start over with better people. He fixes the ones that he already made. And here's the amazing thing about Tuesday night. Pastor Wilkerson got up and preached first, and his text was Genesis 1 and 2. When he finished, Pastor Jenkins gets up, and his text was Genesis 3. And they didn't orchestrate that. Now, you can, oh, I'm sure they, I mean, I'm telling you, I know these men. They didn't orchestrate that. God put all these pieces together. It's awesome. And then the Howes Anderson tour group, they left. They were just here Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday morning, 4.30 in the morning, I took Brother Jenkins and Brother Wilkerson back. The other churches that were here, there were five or six other churches here. They had their own Wednesday night services. So I was ready. I'm just being frank with you. I was ready for a letdown. And when you prepare yourself for a letdown, it's not such a letdown, right? I'm thinking, all right, it's going to be a smaller crowd tonight, and we've already had some amazing preaching, so Wednesday night, let me tell you something, you were here, you know, whether, whether you were any other services or not, you know Wednesday night was no letdown. For starters, my parents called Junior, whom we have been praying for, who had his leg amputated because of a motorcycle accident. Uh, they've known and loved him for, for decades, and they called him and said, hey, there's a man preaching tonight who has had his lead, left leg amputated. Would you like to come meet him? He said, sure. So he came. So, and he was like the first person here, sitting in the first chair in the second or third row there where my mom's sitting. Mrs. Bish was here on Wednesday night. Mrs. Bish, who has stage four brain cancer, just spent a month in Mexico. She and Pastor Bish, because there are treatments and medications that, that are legal in Mexico that are not legal in America just because of all the regulations and so forth and pharmaceutical companies that don't want anybody messing with their profits. And they went to Mexico and, by the way, got a little hope. They said Mexico, the doctors turned what American doctors said, you have just a few months to live. They turned months into years. So they have, they have hope that she's going to live longer than they had thought. Tuesday night, I asked Miss, she, Mrs. Bish was here Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Which just, that's, that may be the best message of the week, by the way. Mrs. Bish with stage four brain cancer. Her husband wasn't preaching until Wednesday. She was here Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. What do I got going on that I can't be where I should be? 
Tuesday night, I said, Mrs. Bish, before your husband preaches tomorrow night, would you testify? Now, by the way, if you, if you, if you knew Mrs. Bish already, I'm just saying, I, they would admit it. In fact, they joke about it. She's not exactly the same person that she was. But you can see more of God in her than you've ever seen before. So she said, sure. So I introduced Pastor Bish, and he came up, and then he introduced his wife. He sat down, and she stood here for 10 or 15 minutes and just testified to us. And in her uh, testimony, she made these statements. The Bible has become my best friend. She said there's not a day. I'm sorry, let me restate that. There's not a day that God is not good. And then I, I was talking a minute ago about what might be the statements of the week. But without a doubt, in my mind, these are one statement from Mrs. Bish, knowing what she's been through, and the other from Pastor Bish. Mrs. Bish said this, I have a peace that I don't even understand. And it's not because I'm anything. It's because God is everything. That's going on a wall around here somewhere. That just, knowing who, especially who, it, who it's coming from, life-changing. Pastor Bish got up and preached just a phenomenal sermon quickly. He said, the prayer has yet to be prayed that can tax the provision and the power of God. He said, when David was overwhelmed, he chose to let God lead him to a higher place. And here is what I believe is the other statement of the week. And the last one I'll share with you. Don't miss this. We can either be overwhelmed by our circumstances or we can be overwhelmed by Christ. But we can't be overwhelmed by both. God put some truth before us this week. I got to be honest with you, I have a lot more message to go, but I don't want to tax you and we could give an invitation just on that last statement alone. Let me say from our text, it is possible to have God's truth right in front of us and ignore it. Wisdom is speaking, and wisdom says, because I called and ye refused, I stretched out my hand, and no man regarded it. It's one thing if you had circumstances. Okay, Pastor Arius was, was in, uh, on the West Coast on Monday and Tuesday night and could not be here. But he said, I want to get in on this church service. So Pastor Arias from Yonkers, they, while he was gone, he had his church have their Wednesday night service on Tuesday so he could bring a group on Wednesday night. So he was here Wednesday night, and I'm sure he does not regret that he did that. It would be tragic for me if the truth that was going to take me closer to God was right in front of me, and I ignored it. I heard a preacher say this week in a a message I was listening to. He said one of the greatest torments of hell is going to be for people to realize they didn't have to go there. 
Can I say to you, one of the great torments of life, wisdom, God's truth is saying, I will laugh at your calamity. This is not God laughing at people. This is God's truth, and he's, he's speaking to illustrate that if you ignore truth, it will come back to torment you. If you ignore truth, child of God, it will come back and torment you. And here's what he says. Because you've said it not all my counsel, I will also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. This is not God laughing at you when you, you're hurting. This is the torment that you face when you push God's truth away. And then you suffer and you can't find it. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. This is not God saying I will not answer you. This is God's truth saying when you, if you push me away when you need me, you won't be able to find me. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. What a tragedy that the child of God should realize some horrible fears and say like the person in hell, you know what, I didn't have to be here. That you should go through calamity and destruction, those are the words in the text, and say, I I didn't have to be here. I didn't have to go through this if I just would have reached out and consumed the truth that God put before me. Let me close with this thought. Don't ever stop living in constant pursuit of God's truth for you. Say, well, Pastor, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it to any of the It's not sorry to me. It's not, you're not doing anything for me by coming. I appreciate you coming, but you're not helping me. You're helping yourself. I'm sorry, I just couldn't make it to any of the services this week. And, and it, okay, what did you read? What did you take in? Okay, you couldn't make it to any of the services. What did you take in of God's truth this week? We are living in the Information age on steroids. There's no excuse for not taking in God's truth. If you can't read it, you can listen to it. If you can't listen to it, you can watch it on on DVD. God's truth is all around us. So you, you couldn't make it. Fine. Nobody's angry at you. What did you take in of God's truth? What I love about all three of my kids, when they were small. They all three of them couldn't stand. They always were afraid they were going to miss something good. And I like that. It means you're excited about life. That's awesome. You tell me what you're afraid you're going to miss. And I'll tell you how your spiritual appetite is. Now, you know, I say things, and you tease me and say, you know, were you, were you at my house? Okay, so if this is you, no, I wasn't at your house. Nobody told me nothing. I'm not on Facebook, and I don't read negative Twitter posts, okay? If this is you, I don't know anything that's going on, but, but I'm, let me just say, does it upset you more 
that you might miss something God served up at church than it does if you have to go to work and tell them that you haven't seen that new movie yet. Which are you more concerned about missing? Does it, does it concern you more that you didn't read your Bible for a few days in a row? Not so that you could check a mark and say, See, God, I'm a good boy scout because I read. No, no. So that you can be there to get God's truth when it's served. And you can read double tomorrow, but you're not going to get what you skipped yesterday. When God wanted to meet with you and say, I'm serving up some truth. What bothers you more that you might have missed a life-changing truth alone with God? Or that you don't have the new song and the new album the second it came out? Oh, no. Or, or that you, I can't believe that they have the, I don't what, what iPhone are we on now? I don't know. You know what we've got back in the booth back there? The, the, the music plays on, on an on a iPhone. I think it's a 4 back there. Uh, it's, it's an old one, and I don't cash them in. I just use them for, for different things. So the music that you hear is playing on an iPhone 4 that's not activated anymore. But it is, does have Wi-Fi, so I keep getting this message. Don't you want to upgrade to the 11.0 operating system? I think it would blow that phone's mind if it got the 11.4. Anyway, but, you know, do you, and I'm not preaching against this as sinful. I'm saying assess your heart. Which bugs you more? The fact that you might have missed something at the hand of God, sitting at the feet of Jesus, teach me, show me something. Or the fact that you weren't standing in line at the Apple store to get that new phone the moment it came out because you can't go to work with last year's phone. Where's our heart? Because I have called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded. I will laugh. I will mock when your calamity comes. Not God. That's not God laughing at you. That's the truth that you ignored and rejected and pushed away. I'll just be frank. And again, I'm not at your house. And the, the, the room was full every night. I'm not bickering or anything. I'm helping you assess yourself. If you had to work or travel or something and couldn't be here one night this week, God bless you. But if you sat home watching America's Got Talent, while Pastor Bish was up here, or Mrs. Bish was up here, something's wrong in your heart, desperately. And I don't know that it is, but you better wake up and know that it is. I'm not angry. I'm helping you. I'm help- I hope you can see that I'm helping you. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning.